1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to another edition of the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. And uh, as ever, I'm always delighted to be to be here with you and talking to you. Uh, today, I'm going to be reintroducing you to my friend Mike Mooney, who's uh, uh, an incredible expert. We're going to talk about reputation today. Um, before we do that, um, I want to say a big thank you, um, as I always do, to uh, previous week's guest, uh, Gene Early. Um, I love talking to Gene. Gene's a special person. He was Very much involved with the foundation of NLP, uh, and um, he uh, has done some amazing uh, work around the globe with Leaders Quest. And we we talked on the show about um, about some best self leadership principles, and there's some really thought provoking, deep conversation there which i think if you're interested in leadership and you're interested in some of the key things that really matter today when it comes to leadership and um, being uh, the best leader you can be do go into that show and listen to it uh, i'm still thinking i've um, been mulling over over the week really about um, about that and uh, about the conversation and, and i love the the concept which uh, came out of Brené Brown's book which was about um, as having a strong back and a soft belly you know, having courage and being a confidence and uh, of uh, understanding where you're going, understanding yourself, but also dropping that guard and being prepared to be vulnerable with people. We've had to be open with people uh, and uh, to prepare to be the human side of yourself out. And that can help us in all sorts of different um, situations and scenarios. Now elevation and this show is about in my mind. Now I'm realizing it's about creating special moments, special moments that build engagement and moments that elevate performance to new levels. And and I love to bring guests onto this show that can help us just do, do just that. And I speak to amazing um, experts. I'm so lucky around the world. I, I pinch myself at the people I get to talk to these days. And I also read heavily and I work with many uh, clients as well, helping them to, um, elevate their, themselves and their businesses through my sort of coaching and consultancy and our, our leadership work and teamwork. And I just want to share an idea each week that I think can help you. And I think that the, the idea this week that I'd like to share is, is this idea about special elevatory moments in our businesses and, and our lives that are really unexpected. And sometimes they're memorable. You know, we have we have birthdays, don't we? Which we celebrate. We celebrate, you know, christenings and weddings and those sorts of things. But you know, these are the things that people really remember. But it's possible to create those moments uh, as you know for your employees. You know, for uh, those special days, like the first day when they arrive in the office, or um, create um, events uh, for them, which are completely unexpected but help them to connect with themselves and connect with their work even better and i'm partly reminded by this that i just uh, received something from a company called wahoo through the post and in there they put a packet of sweets and i was so pleased to see these sweets they only they didn't cost a lot they're only a little pack of haribos but i just thought actually that really um has uh, made my moment and i'll remember them with that extra bit of warmth so what can you do to create special moments that live on in the minds of your customers your families your employees, um, because um, if you can do that, um, you can create these special moments, you create real deep connection. So um, I want to share with you now a little bit about the show today and a connection that I've developed with Mike Mooney, um, our our guest today, and Mike's uh, a fascinating um, guy. He's um, really uh, taking this area of reputation, I think, uh, to another level. And it was fascinating to um, read some of his statistics that 60% of companies' market value is tied to reputation. And 84% of your employees may consider leaving your company for, for one with a greater reputation. And of course, 100% of referrals are based on reputation. So if we ignore reputation, it could fire, backfire for us big time. Now, Mike Mooney, has developed a really trusted reputation. He's been operating for over 25 years in senior leadership posts in the fast paced, exciting, high profile world of motorsports. And uh, when we um, spoke to him last, he was vice president of Roche Fenway, I think um, if I remember correctly. And, um, you know, he really sees the value of uh, reputation and reputation in motorsport is clearly, you know, really important. He's led also numerous crises and reputation management um, efforts over, his, over the years. And he's a real go-to resource for those sort of repair mode scenarios and situations, and those wanting practical branding and business driving strategies. Um, so i recommend that you um, you read his book. It's called Reputation Shift, Five High Performance Truths for Success. Love the link in there with um, with motorsports. Um And the book really talks about strategies and step by step actions and uh, things that people can do to um, build um, this really important area of reputation. He's a graduate of Eton University. Um, He earned a degree in corporate communications and he lives in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina with his wife and three children. So a huge welcome to Mike Mooney.
2: Hey, Chris, thanks so much. Really appreciate you having me on. It's great to hear your voice again, my friend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really intrigued. Have you managed to avoid the storms?
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, we've been been very fortunate here in in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, with the storms coming through over the past couple of weeks. Really, uh, just getting a lot of rain and wind. It, it's the it's the folks that our hearts go out to on the on the coastline that have, you know, still rebuilding, uh, you know, their lives and their day to day, you know, uh, routines. Right, and then with Hurricane Michael just hitting down and and uh in florida uh just just devastation down there as well so our, our hearts and are going out to them as well
1: yeah and anybody who's listening who's uh, repairing or damaged property or um you know being impacted by these floods uh, you know we wish you well from you know all over the world because we, we've got over 30 countries access this show every week and i'm sure people are you know wishing you wishing you well with um absolutely those challenging times and um yeah, oh, we we won't get on to climate change and things like that. Know, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you know,
2: what? It, it's, it, it's moments and, and experiences like that that will oftentimes shake us out of uh, the routine and remind us of what truly is important. Right. in, in relationships and, and family and people. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it's tough that it takes natural disasters sometimes or, or hardships to uh, drive that point home. But uh, it seems uh, that's where a lot of folks are right now. So we'll just keep uh, keep them in our thoughts and prayers.
1: And, and it's interesting. We, I was just talking, at, at obviously, the introduction about these kind of special moments and you know, special, these special moments that kind of elevate you. It's not always situations that are positive, is it? You know, things <laughs> unexpected like that happen, and you know, people come together in incredible ways.
2: Yeah, yeah, they, they, they do. They do. You know, Chris, I've been uh, I've been thinking about this. Uh, lately, uh, just sort of as I'm going through through my journey and, and talking to a lot of a lot of people who are going uh, down the entrepreneurial route or, or taking on a new challenge. And this phrase of no experience, no emotion is ever wasted keeps coming back in my mind because the experience, whether good or bad, is going to help sharpen your saw, whether it's your, the skill or, uh, what, what your product that you're putting out. But then the emotional part is the other one that's sometimes more difficult to resolve internally, you know, because of all that's wrapped up. But I believe the emotional piece is going to help strengthen that muscle, you know, of, of resolve and resilience and persistence, um, to, to keep moving you forward. Yeah,
1: Cause it, you know, it's, it's true, isn't it? Life is, is ups and downs. And uh, yeah, yeah. how 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 happy and fulfilled and you are it depends upon how well you enjoy those moments and mm-hmm. you know, and also how you how how you learn from the the, the downward dips yes um, yeah so it's it's not it's never going to be plain sailing because that's not life it's it's always going to have its moments isn't it
2: yeah, absolutely absolutely and it's just a matter I mean it sounds cliche uh, to say it. it's just it's, it's how you react to it because rarely do we have the opportunity to truly influence a situation that's going to be a maximum benefit to us. More often than not, we're reacting to what's coming at us, you know? So it truly does come down to the perspective and your outlook.
1: And I'm interested as well, how have you, you know, how have your family kind of reacted to you you know uh, and I went through this as well you were you were high paid I'm sure executive in this exciting world of motorsport and yeah uh, and you know you could be seen as you've actually walked you know walked partly away from that and you've gone to set up your own business and now you're you're working for yourself and that must be it's, it's a big change isn't it for everybody, not just yourself. I mean, how, how has that worked out for you? And, uh, and, and how do you, how are your family perceiving it?
2: Uh, yeah, Chris, that, that could be a whole show <laughs> out of its own. I probably would be better served if my wife were on with me for that one. Uh, but now, you know, th- this wasn't a decision that, uh, I came to very easily because like, like you said, I mean, I, I was in the sport for 25 years in various positions. Um, the last five years with a great organization about Fenway racing. And, uh, it just, you know, I, I had this seed that was planted about 12 years ago, Chris on, on, you know, writing and speaking and, and working in this space around reputation. I just didn't know what the heck it was going to look like. I didn't know what I was going to really come up with, but I just kept working at it. And, uh, it was last fall, that I sat with my wife and said, Hey, you know, I think it's time. I think it's time for, um, for us to make this transition. And I use the word us very, very deliberately because, you know, it really was a decision that wasn't just for me. It was for our family. So uh, we, uh, we you know, had all of our affairs uh, in order as best we could. You know, you look at your finances and all those different things. And, uh, you know, I, I when she said, yeah, I'm behind you, I'm, I'm with you, even though I think it's crazy you're walking away from a, a job you can do, uh, very well, and in an industry where you're well known, but I, I know that you've got a passion for this. So she got right behind me, and uh, you know, I went, I went, uh, I went and talked to our team president uh, right after the holidays, and I said, you know, I, I think it's time for a transition. He knew that I had been writing a book, was very open with him about that, and he was supportive in um, in me making the transition. And you know, that was back in the middle of February. So it seems like I like a long time already, man. But uh, you know, it's just been in a few months.
1: And how how have the how's things with the, with the children? Fair? you and have you had the opportunity to spend more time with them? Because I imagine you're away at race meetings all over the United I mean, States that, and things
2: like. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they I mean, it, it's amazing. It's it's sort of like getting your life back. To be honest with you, you know, I was traveling to more than twenty races a year, and uh, man, the the kids love it. Uh, you know, being able to, to attend more games and more practices and being able to sort of schedule around the priority of family and then build work into that. So, uh, no, they, they it's been great. I mean, I, I've loved the, the just the small moments, I'm going to go right back to the top of your, of your, um, the show message you, you, you were saying is just those moments to have with, with your kids, you know, um, to be able to plant a seed or put a thought or just hear them out on something Man, it, it's, uh, it, it's priceless. And again, it sounds so cliche, but when you've been away for, it for so long and been traveling and doing your job and doing the things that we think are the responsible things, which they are to make a living, but you know you, you do miss things. And for me right now, the opportunity to be able to plug back in with my kids in some really relevant ways and with my wife is uh, worth, worth everything that, uh, that it took to get to this point
1: right now. And, and congratulations on getting the book finished. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> no, you. Not, that, not always easy to write. That was certainly my experience anyway. Oh, and, I, I know. You know. Yeah. So why, why, why did you decide to write it? And what, what have been the benefits of being an author since we last spoke to you? Yeah, so, you know, I
2: decided to write this um, a little while back just because I saw what was coming down the line with technology and how brands, organizations were going to have to Really change and radically change the way that they were going about protecting and building their reputations. But as I was writing the book, it's funny. My editor kept saying to me, "You keep shifting back and forth between business and people. Like, which is it? Who are we talking to?" And and it was really an interesting question because in my mind, they're they're intertwined. They're they're really synonymous, right? Because the, the, the reputation of an organization is built upon the reputations of the people in the organization. So I wanted to put this book out as a way for people to shift the perspective in how they are not just seeing and valuing their reputations, but how they can actually proactively build and protect to create more opportunity, to find success, to reach new heights in their professional or personal
1: lives. You no know, sounds um sounds great have you have you found people perceive you differently um now you have a book yeah
2: i i i do uh yeah and and, and very positive uh, as well you know um I, I had a book signing at a barnes and nobles recently here in, in charlotte and i uh, was just overwhelmed by the number of people who came out friends and uh, colleagues and just people in the community and um it's been very positive when they say, wow, you know, you, you actually did this. So many people talk about wanting to write a book or say, hey, I've got this book that I want to write. But getting around to doing it uh, is always a challenge. So it, it's been very, very, you know, well-received. And, and I think for what I'm trying to do, and, and you know this, Chris, from your experiences, is having a book where you can put your thoughts out there and share it and then collaborate and build on, uh, I believe, becomes a great catalyst for conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm kind of, you know, I asked the question because, um, you know, it, it, it can be something that enhances your reputation. Oh yeah, it can.
2: it can. I, I, it's funny before I had, I had the book out before I had my new business cards made <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I, I was in a meeting and, and I had given this gentleman, uh, my book and I said, I have to apologize. I don't have my, my business cards uh, yet. And he laughed and looked at me and said, what do you need cards for? You have a book here.
1: Yeah. you know so
2: <laughs> i said okay it's a pretty expensive book or business card but uh nonetheless you know it was uh it, it's good feedback
1: yeah sometimes nice to give away people really appreciate it and yeah. they have the right situations yeah. the scenarios so we're gonna go to commercial break now after the commercial break we're going to really really get into reputation again and uh, and find out some of the things that uh, uh we've since the last interview uh that we've um uh that have been yeah, forefront of the mind of uh, of mike um as he um sort of takes this concept of reputation and has been doing so out into the world uh, beyond his book uh, so we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes do hang on and uh, do uh, if you've got any comments thoughts feelings feel free to send me an email at chris at ChrisCooper.co.uk. i always love to hear from you
0: facilitated leader development workshops and speeches email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free no obligation consultation to see how chris and his team can help you we hear it and read about it every day in the news america is heading over a fiscal cliff tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Mike Mooney. We're talking about uh, reputation. Mike's an expert in in reputation and marketing and he's written a a great book uh, about reputation and it's called reputation shift five high performance truths for success so um mike is uh, a friend of the show he's been on the show before and a couple of years ago now mike i think uh, just over time flies when you're having lots of fun lots lots of fun lots of work (laughs) (laughs) so why is mike reputation just so important to leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs in 2018.
2: Well, I I think that that's a great question to to lead with uh, because if if you're not thinking about reputation in today's world as a as a business owner, or a leader, or an entrepreneur, then then uh, it needs to be like today, the moment you're listening to this podcast. You know, Chris, you opened up with some great statistics around the power of reputation, and and um, I'll, I'll add a couple more if you don't mind because I, I know sure. that uh, folks love stats and and um, You know, one that jumped out to me uh, was a study that was done that showed that 87% of executives rate reputational risk as their greatest strategic uh, priority uh, to their organizations. Yet only 15% do anything about it, Mm. right? So people are recognizing that there's a need for it at a larger level but don't know where to go, where to start, how to make it, how to, you know, Bring that, uh, bring that to bear, bring that to life. Another one that's interesting, uh, you look about uh, employees in, in uh, retention. 84% of employees would leave their current place of employment to go work for a company that had a better reputation. So think about right now, if you close your eyes, if you're a business owner and you close your eyes and think of 84% of your team walking out the door because your reputation, something you could have built and worked on, Is not where it needs to be, where people want to associate themselves with. So you've got the statistics that tie back to the impact of reputation, the underlying foundation of it to business. But here's the other reality. I'm going to step out of the the statistical world and get into what I'm seeing right now, Chris. And it's scary is this perfect storm where we're seeing it play out in the news headlines every day, where we're seeing this this gap uh, in values, in leadership, Right. There's a significant gap that we're, we're seeing um, and we're seeing it every day here in politics and broadcast entertainment uh, the leaders. But then you've also got this other side where we're all citizen journalists and people can easily with pushes of buttons to record, to post, take pictures, what have you, can tear down reputations in a heartbeat. So now more than ever, now more than ever we have got to be more proactive and mindful with how we are building our reputations.
1: i am kind of, um, just as something just came to me as you were talking there mm-hmm. and are you better off investing time trying to pl- to plug holes or, or resolve reputational issues that you might have with, with uh, customers, for example, um, <laughs> or, you know, a, a few sections of customers, are you better putting the energy and time, in lots of ways to enhancing your reputation?
2: Yeah, so that, that's a great question. I, I would I would actually parallel path. Can we do that? Can, 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 I, can I choose another answer yeah. <laughs> uh, in there? So I would say yes. I mean, you have to be looking at where the gaps are currently, if it's with your customers, if it's internally, if it's with the vendors, to see where do we need to shore up. But I would also recommend um, that, y- that owners, leaders are looking at how they can start regrounding themselves in the values, with their personal values, as well as how that aligns with the organizational values. Because here's the thing reputational crisis is never a question of, of if, it's only a matter of when. So the real question is. Am I prepared and what's my reputation worth? So if you can shore up some of the the gaps that you currently have to ensure that your, your current business is going to roll along, but then more importantly, ground yourself in the values, authentically ground yourself, now you're going to start building out a stronger reputational halo so that when things do happen, when they inevitably will, you're building up capital. You're building up equity in relationships that are going to help see you through those tough times when they happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. So and, and so it, today, you know how 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 do people really manage reputations? I mean, you know, what's um, the best way to do it in today's world? And you started to allude to some of it there, but how do what well, you see reputations being managed? That, well, t- today, Chris, you know, it's
2: interesting. Um, is is what I see more often than not is a, a heavy emphasis being placed on search engine optimization. That's basically, let's go ahead and bury the bad news further down, let, let, let's bury that cat turd further into the litter box, right? Let's get it off page one of Google search, get it on the page two, because we know that 90% of people don't go past page one, and they feel as though they've handled the situation. Now, I'm not saying that SEO or online reputation management are not good strategies. They are. They're, they're, they're a, a tool. They're a tool. But a digital strategy is not going to solve an analog problem. And guess what, Chris? <laughs> We're the analog problem. It's the people, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's it really, we need to step away from, the digital component and say, okay, how are we as people handling the issue at hand, right? So is there something truly going on with our organization that we have to fix that's hurting our reputation? Is it the way that that we're interacting with our partners or the way that we're interacting with each other? How do they align with our values? I keep going back to values, Chris, because that in my experience has been when I've dissected various crisis situations that I've either been a part of or or I see in the news, there's typically this, this crossroads. And at the crossroads of values and behavior, when a crisis begins, someone stepped away from their values. Yes. And that's where, again, I, and I'm not, I want to be really clear, like this isn't me sitting up on the high heart horse saying, hey, you know, check your values. But I'm saying, check your values. Because if you live those values authentically day in, day out, and what you say and what you do, you're building your reputation in an authentic way in a way that that people are going to see and it's going to be much stronger so that it will serve you better in times of need. you're not scrambling to figure out what to do
1: yeah yeah I think um maybe how you know how you respond to a crisis as well I'm just my mind suddenly going to um, some uh, you know some issues around things like health uh, and um, there was an issue over here in the u k where a a female doctor was on duty in a hospital and uh, something was sort of of missed uh, and a child died Mm. Uh, and she basically got convicted of manslaughter but actually when you look at the the total system that she was having to deal with on that particular day and the scenarios computer systems down people on holiday she was the first day back from maternity leave um, all sorts of factors Made it almost impossible for her to operate, but she was allowed to take the can. Um, uh, but what that did is, it—I um, think it—sent it a message out to uh, to um, doctors and medics all over the country here uh, that um, you, you know you weren't going to be protected. Uh, that uh, you know there wasn't any values when it came down to looking after uh, doctors who could find themselves in terrible situations, and your lives and your reputation could be ruined. Um, Absolutely by you know, finding a scapegoat and um, yeah. it kind of backfired on the end. It, it's made, um, she, she actually sort of got cleared in the end, but it, um, it, it was really, really interesting uh, how how the finger got pointed to try and resolve it. But actually, I think it was a deeper values-driven issue with the organization as a whole and a systemic one, actually.
2: Well, well so, of okay. course, you know, and, and we often see, unfortunately, the true colors come out when the times get, toughest.
0: Mm.
2: So, you know, I, I think, you know, we would, um, we would always say in racing that, that winning, winning, winning takes care of everything. Well, it, you know, it doesn't winning helps mask some of the, the challenges that you have on a race team or the dysfunction or, you know, the, the, the issues you have, but, but when you're not winning it, that's really when those things start really, truly coming into, into, into picture. And, um, you have to make a choice. So are you going to, you know, embrace it and change it, or are you just going to keep the status quo? And I think for that hospital, perhaps, and not knowing much about the situation, but there's actually opportunity for the hospital now to really now take a step back and look at the values, how they handled it, how would they handle it differently moving forward.
1: Yeah. And you you can identify that with sports people as well. And the Lance yes. Armstrong story, it's actually about you know, you know, there was a the winning there, but it was actually oh. how how they won what became the issue. Uh, how they won,
2: and, and I'll, I'll tell you, Chris, that, that is such a heartbreaking example of, of reputation and impact where you had not only the team uh, and, and the dynamics there to your point of how they won, but uh, let's take it a step further to the Livestrong Foundation and the community of people. I mean, Lance became an icon, a beacon of inspiration and hope for a community of people that needed inspiration and hope more than anyone else. And to find out that that person was a fraud, I mean, I, I, the 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 heartbreak in that um, is just you know unimaginable. Let alone the financial impact to the organization, right? The the yes. Livestrong Foundation's uh, donations went down significantly over over those years uh, as the news kept rolling out. And then to take it a step further, and and I, I actually I. I've, you know, I've, I've spoken about this example a few times with, with Lance, the organizations that sponsored him, right? He had a number of sponsors himself that were investing. And when this came down, they said, you know, the halo of association, they didn't want to be associated with that. And, and within a matter of days, all of his sponsors, there were, I think there were close to 10 of them, all dropped him, all dropped him. And Lance had this quote out there that said, that was a $75 million day. Right? So you see from, from one person's, so if you want to take it back to the beginning, right, of, of this values and behavior crossroad and look at the impact for, for Lance Armstrong for not only himself and his team, himself personally in the revenue he lost, the community impact, the uh, well-being of the Livestrong Foundation. And let's not forget about that other word, legacy. Yes. It's gone. Yeah. It's, it's vapor.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I felt I, I loved, um, I read one of the Lance Armstrong books and, I, and my wife read it and we were real we, we kind of, you know, caught up in the whole story and the cancer and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, the amazing, you know, success that ensued out of it. And uh, yeah, I felt really let down, really yeah. let down. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And unfortunately, it makes people skeptical the next time they hear something similar. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's um, it's unfortunate uh, that that happens. But there's a there's a point I make in the book, Chris, that, that I, I call the one degree of behavior and it kind of came out of a story from my son was in Boy Scouts and, and uh, you know, we, we loved hiking and a compass was our, our best tool out there when, when you're on the trail. And and this idea of if you had your compass set on, on a heading and if you're one degree off just one degree off that, that heading and you walk for a mile, you'll only be 90 feet away from where you originally intended to be. So it's not too bad. I mean, you, you, can, you see where you need to be, you can correct walk back over. Mm. However, if you maintain that one degree off heading, say flying from the East Coast of the United States to the West Coast, from Charlotte, North Carolina to Los Angeles, when you land, you'll be more than 50 miles off course. Yeah. And I love that analogy because it really brings to light the impact of just being off a little bit over the short term versus the long term. And how important it is for us to ensure that we're sticking on true north, which is, again, why I kind of keep going back to this word values or what grounds us.
1: Uh, and, yeah, the, uh, the example we just discussed really, really does, uh, does demonstrate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, worlds worlds can tip upside down, can't they? Um, in 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 a, in a moment's notice. In a moment's notice, yeah. And it, you see it. Uh, you read, read a newspaper; it happens almost every day. Yes. Um, I'm just, um, you know, I'm kind of also in, in, interested with, um, you know, with reputation management. You know, we're often associating, you know, handling risk, but it's, it's also opportunity when it comes to to risk. We've only got three minutes till commercial break now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I- you manage it?
2: Well, there is, you know, Chris, a lot of what I do when I, I'm, I'm trying to work with individuals or or with, with companies is looking at risk. Let, let's identify, you know, where something could pop up. I'm a big believer that there's a fundamental shift in empowerment between asking the question, what if? Because what if is truly exploratory and thinking about, okay, what what could pop out, where it's a worst case scenario, where could we get into trouble. So this is fundamentally different than having to say what now, and that's typically what people and organizations find themselves in, which is the what now camp, which is going to cost them more money, uh, time, and resources because now they've got to put the fire out. So, actually, if you could, you know, look and be more proactive, you could find that there's opportunity in in, in risk,
1: mm-hmm. and then, uh, it's also, you know, if something if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, I I also remember you know my my parents having an issue over um, their car and they bought a a Ford car and I I can't remember what the what the problem was. It was something it was delivered a bit late or something. So they were really really fed up. But actually, an enormous bunch of flowers turned up with an apology with uh, <laughs> an invitation to go and do something. And they they bought Ford cars for years after that. <laughs> it yeah. was just yeah. you know this would happen, but it was resolved so well. That actually enhanced the reputation of the company, the provider.
2: Well, I mean, think about how many more you just said that they continue to buy more Ford cars after that. Well, I'm sure the, uh, you know, $12 bouquet of flowers, you know, more than uh, (laughs) paid for itself uh, down the line. Right. But it's also looking at uh, not only internally and your organization or personally, but also within your industry. That's another interesting conversation I like to have with with business leaders is to say, what is happening in your industry that's rubbing off or potentially could be rubbing off on you that you might be able to create some strategies or business practices to safeguard against that you can then start using proactively in your sales, in your customer retention, in your employee communications, your social and digital that actually builds distinction.
1: Yes. That's what
2: excites me. That's what excites me.
1: Yes I can completely completely utterly agree I think that comes as well to uh, some of these you know, these moments of elevation that I was talking about at the beginning um, I think it's a really yeah. important topic so we're going to have a commercial break again now and but after the commercial break we're going to talk about um, people about so crises as well and and uh, how you know how to recover from them and and those sorts of things so do join us again we'll be um, back with you in just a couple of minutes uh, more from us from uh, from Mike Mooney
3: together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.
0: Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Programme one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you.
3: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
0: tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper with Mike Mooney. We're talking about this fabulous subject of reputation. Uh, and Mike, I'm, I'm kind of in intrigued to... Um, uh, you know, to get a perspective from you on on you know the signs that we might see uh, or the way that we can maybe sort of preempt and get a bit more visibility around, rep- around sort of crises that can impact reputation. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a client of mine and um, a client of mine I worked with for many years, and somebody spotted a dead horse on their land, which was, which was run by a, a tenant farmer. The following day, thirty six thousand posts on social media. Uh, oh my gosh, oh, gosh. Um, You know, not looking after not looking after horses on the you know their land. You know, they were, they were yeah. a completely different business than uh, than looking after horses on land. But uh, it was it was uh, unfortunate and uh, led to people protesting outside with you know and uh with uh, banners and uh the. the Local media getting involved, and suddenly Horts. this storm came from Horts. absolutely nowhere. And then these poor horses had, had this wonderful freedom on an amazing bit of land, and ended up getting carted off somewhere, and they don't have them anymore. But I'm just right, right. You know, intrigued. Can we spot these things before they happen? Yeah,
2: you, you know, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great question because in, in today's world, we may not be able to, you know. Uh, but but I would I would say this that that there are, uh, and this comes down to the individual. Chris, you know, and, and there's no there's no hard fast rule on this, but my opinion um, is that you know we've, we've heard of these these survival skills, right? The the fight or flight response uh, to things. Uh, I'm a believer that there's a third one, and it's called rationalization, and we often see this happening in our day to day worlds. I mean, I. I Look, I've done that before. I think some of the the worst decisions I've ever made came from rationalizing out that decision, right? So I think that if people were to take a step back, if a leader would take a step back and look at what is going on right now, you know, in my business, have, have we done something that's not aligned with our core values? Is it something that we need to address with our customers? Then do it. Do it right now. That that is that is the, the one surefire way to be able to, you know, honestly look at what's going on. Um, do you mind if I drop a Confucius quote on you?
1: Yeah, please do, look them.
2: It's it's one that I love. It basically said that you know there are three things that you can't hide from the moon, the sun, and the truth. So if it's something that you're doing uh, individually or with your organization, just count on the fact that it is going to come out at some time. So handle it proactively. Deal with it before it becomes an issue. And it may be difficult to do. I'm not saying it's easy. But it's going to be a lot easier and less impactful to your business or your personal brand and reputation if you handle it before it becomes a public issue. Because once it does, like, like you just had that example, you know, Chris, of suddenly it gets out and there's these like viral tsunamis in social media that start picking up that it will, it'll go out of control, out of control. And at that point you can't control what's going on. It's very difficult to to control a message. It's it's like crisis one hundred one is control the message by being out there and getting your points out there proactively.
1: So, so a crisis Mm -hmm. has, has occurred and, and it can, you know, these things can come from, as we identified a dead horse, you know, it can be, right, right. it can come from, come from anywhere you know, and it's um, what, what do we do when a crisis hits or it's, you know, it's just starting to take root. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know,
2: there, there are some, some key steps that, that you can take uh, right off the bat. And obviously with, with everything, Chris, that there, there are little nuances that you've got to play in but for the sake of, of the time and the show, I'll keep it pretty high level. But, but the first thing you've got to do is, is assess the validity of the claim. Is it true or false? if it's true, then you need to then identify what that is uh, internally. If it's false, then you'll handle it a completely different way. You may not even choose to acknowledge it. But then you've got to consider the source. Where is this coming from? Is the person credible or are they are not credible? Is it coming from a news source after an in-depth uh, investigation or is it a disgruntled employee? Um, is it just somebody who's hiding behind an anonymous name uh, posting on Yelp or some other social media? Social media uh, platform. It's interesting, Christio. You know, today, uh, I was talking with with a, a business owner about this uh, earlier in the week, and I I thought that her insight on it was interesting. And she said, "You know, it used to be one thing where people would have an axe to grind with somebody. You know, it's just a difference of opinion, and we may agree to disagree." But she went on to say that now it seems like people are taking these axes and just walking into the forest and swinging at everything and anything they can, any tree to cut it down. And they may not even use that tree for firewood or to build a house or they're just out there swinging that axe. And that's, I thought was a great analogy to show the power of social media and what some people are doing out there. So that's where it goes to, you have to consider the source and its credibility. The next part is you've got to see if, if this is actually gaining traction on social media or in the news media to get a sense of the speed and the velocity, or maybe there isn't anything being picked up on that, which again allows you to sort of you know navigate how to best um, approach it. And then the last part here is is developing your messaging, you know, um, and that's really kind of a parallel path with all of these points here. If it's true, then you wanna put out a statement and address it if it's from a credible source and it's starting to pick up, you know, uh, traction in the news media. You're going to want to address it, but through your channels, on your terms and your messaging, to identify what it is that's going on. Yeah. You know, it, it might it might seem like it's not worth saying, but I'm going to say it. No comment is no longer acceptable. You cannot say that anymore. You've got to be able to come out with owning. The issue, if you truly have to own it, and there's truth to it, or address it as false claims and explain what's going on.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that um, I can go back to the point at the beginning of the interview. I talked about sort of strong back and soft belly. Mm. Uh, you know, if, I guess if you can you can address these issues, you know, confidently, but also with um, I has you've got to be mindful of kind of litigation and those sorts of things, but also with integrity yes. and, you know, yeah. honesty and uh, a general, you know, caring for the situation and the, and the people involved. And um, it can go a long way, can't it, to diffusing. It Absolutely. Is, you know, Branson's a good example of that. You know, any, any crisis, and immediately he's there.
2: Yes. 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 And, and, and showing concern, compassion, yes. uh, honesty, you know, that is, that is truly what sets him apart. And where people now, you know, as he's done that several times, people now come to expect that. And he's built a higher level of trust. And people will, will automatically be on his side until proven other, otherwise.
1: Mm. Mm it it yeah, so I think that's uh, I remember the, I, I was very impressed with this um, crisis I mentioned with with the horse the, whole, so the em, emanation director of the company, yeah. um with people complaining with with banners and protesting outside, and he just uh, you know asked asked them all to come inside and uh, with his, with a very emotionally intelligent way, just explain the situation and what they were doing about it and uh, and really diffuse the situation you know, from a very human human sort of perspective and it was very impressive actually to what i i heard happened in that space and it it is important to face in isn't it lean into these situations and not not go and hide
2: you have to you have to because that just creates more suspicion and and raises more doubt uh that that is not going to play in your favor and quite honestly um once it's gone in the news cycle and this is again the scary part about social media and the news these days is that, you know, it, it may only be a, around for a couple of days and then they're on to the next thing, but the damage is done. The court of public opinion has already sent in its, its verdict.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: So handling it from the human side, I think it, it, that that's, again, getting back to values and authenticity and coming from that, that place. Um, you're not going to make everybody happy. You never will. But if you can at least speak the truth from where you are, or, or better yet, if something happened on your watch, acknowledge it, and then outline the steps moving forward. That is where people will nod their head and say, "Okay, I trust. I trust that."
1: Yeah. And quite, quite often these, you know, these things kind of blow over. I mean, if it's a big that like the big banking crisis that made it. You know, those things that feeling towards those brands can exist for a long time. I'm thinking about Volkswagen as well with the, with the uh, car emissions yeah, sort of scandal. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah. even Lance Armstrong, obviously you've, you've spoken to about this. Um, can, can a person or a business recover from a, a reputation crisis?
2: They can, they can, but it's not easy. And it gets even more challenging for, I'll just say like we mere mortals, Like the the people who aren't at the Lance Armstrong level, uh, where you have, uh, you know, the, the, the platform, the large social media platform to work from, but, but you can do it, you can do it. And the first step in that, quite honestly, Chris is owning what happens. People are willing to forgive. If you're honest, I, I, have seen that. I believe that I, I, with, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I think that people in general w- are willing to forgive if somebody owns what they've done. They're not denying it. They're not rationalizing and making excuses. They say, yes, this happened. I did it. Now, the next part of it, though, is apologizing. And apologizing the right way is critical. There are really three steps for apologizing properly. And I didn't you know it's until I started researching this, and because I, I have that in in my book is you know I just thought it was good enough to say hey chris i'm I'm sorry that you're upset about this, you know um I'll, uh, I'll I'll do better next time, you know I thought that would be good enough, but the reality is for people to truly understand that you are sorry for what you did, you have to acknowledge what was done, acknowledge. Uh, with the impact of that to the person or the organization or the industry or the community. And then you're going to make this commitment that it's not going to happen again. You have my commitment, this is not going to happen again. To the best of my abilities, I'm going to live out this other course of action. And from there, once you've owned it, once you apologize the, the correct way, now the work comes into play, Chris. And there are two things and two elements in here that people have to wrap their heads around is that you have to be doing this consistently over time, consistency in time, no substitute for that and rehabbing a bruised or broken reputation.
1: Fantastic. Mike, we've <clears throat> just got a couple of minutes or a minute till I need to wrap up. Do you have a final message you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, you know, I,
2: I would. I would. I appreciate that, that opportunity. Now, I think about a quote that, um, that Warren Buffett said several years back, and he said basically this. He said, if you lose dollars for the firm by poor decisions, I'll be understanding. If you lose reputation for the firm, I'll be ruthless. Wow. And I, I thought that was really powerful because it, it drives home two points. One, that, hey, we're fallible. We're going to make mistakes. And those mistakes could cost us some, some uh, dollars for the business. But if you cost our organization reputation, that's a whole other level of business loss that takes much more time, money, and resource to rebuild, Right. And if you want to take it to the personal level, like I said early on, that the the reputation of the organization is built on the shoulders of the people. Well, guess what, Chris? You are the firm. You are the CEO of your reputation and your brand. So you have to be ruthless with how you value it, manage it, protect it and build it in order to create and experience the opportunities that are waiting out there for you.
1: Fantastic. Mike, I always enjoy talking to you. I could keep on talking to you for uh, (laughs) (laughs) longer.
2: Same here, my friend. No, I I, I thoroughly enjoy the conversations. They're they're, they're so rich. Thank you.
1: Uh, So if you want to find out a bit more, you know, more about Mike's work, uh, go to MikeMooney.com. That's MikeMooney.com. And uh, you can also obviously buy his book through all sorts of different channels, uh, Reputation Shift, um, Amazon, etc., and on next week's show, um, I have a guest called uh, David C. Baker, a fascinating man. We're going to talk about the business of expertise. Um, I actually pre-recorded this one last last week because it's my wife's birthday next week. So I had to um, miss the show. Which, so I can completely assure you that it is a really, really brilliant um, a conversation, a lot of great impact, which input which has really impacted me over this week, thinking about my business. And David is a fascinating um, guy. He was um, brought up by a, a tribe in in Guatemala, sorry. He's been uh, taught uh, extreme sort of motorcycle racing, um, but he's also uh, now helps some um, brands. He's written five books, and one of them is The Business of Expertise. So do join us uh, next week for The Business Expertise with uh, David C. Baker. And once again, a huge thank you to my guest today, Mike Mooney. It's always a pleasure.
2: Thank you, my friend.